Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, if you want to, open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. The title of today's message is Less is More. And you have to kind of go up at the end because it might be a question, right? Um, Before uh, we tackle that, let's just read the scripture text this morning. Just a few verses. It says this, One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee... And John baptized them in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. And then the Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and angels took care of him. And later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. That's our text this morning. I don't want to start there, though. I want to start with memes. (laughs) Don't put my memes up yet. Do not put my memes up. Fail, like failed. That's not true. That is not true. Um, y'all like memes? Yeah, memes are great, aren't they? They're so interesting. They're so interesting. It's like, well, number one, the internet is undefeated. I mean, in every situation, the internet is undefeated. But, you know, uh, memes have been a thing for a minute. Memes are like internet humor. And what they oftentimes do is they capitalize on a singular moment and then that moment becomes the frame through which a larger story is told. That's basically what a meme is. Like maybe something has happened or happening and then a slice of that moment is taken and then twisted, right? Like it's always twisted. But if you notice, what happens with memes is is you tell a larger story. So you take a moment and you tell a larger story. And maybe the larger story is directly connected to that moment, or maybe it's not. But have you also noticed that in memes, one of the things that's happening in memes is that they're always, they're always working on like a cultural narrative. And so either the cultural narrative is either being enforced, or maybe through irony, the cultural narrative is being subverted. There's a lot of things. That, it's not just making you laugh. Uh, one of my favorite things is, is when you get so deep into memes at a certain point, one of the things you'll notice is, is that sometimes you have to know memes from seven and eight and 10 months ago to even understand what you're looking at now, right? Because what happens? You make a meme of a meme of a meme and it goes deep, you know? There's actually podcasts about this. How many of you have ever seen a meme? You're like, I don't know what that is. Uh, It's just because you haven't gone deep enough down the rabbit hole, you know? I just want to share some that I like lately. Now. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
I love this. But, but I hope you notice what's happening here, right? One moment and then what's happening? We're telling a whole story through a moment. And is the story that's being told about this moment at all? No, no, no. But then part of what's in this frame is this larger thing. If you're in the Tay-Tay world, what, is, what does Taylor always do? She's always writing songs about her ex-boyfriends, isn't she? Yeah. All right, next. I just love this. People who are listening on the podcast are like, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm not even going to explain it to you, but this is one of my favorites. Um, by the way, if, you, if you're still on the Instagrams, do me and do you a favor and go follow Little Bubby Child. Do you guys know who Little Bubby Child is? Okay, I just, I just want to say this about Little Bubby Child. Whoever that dude is, he is certainly either from East Tennessee or East Kentucky, and he knows you. Especially if you grew up in the church, if you were somewhat charismatic or Pentecostal, and if you grew up in the mountains or in Eastern Kentucky or Eastern Tennessee, he knows you. And I just love this, don't you? Probably roundhouse somebody in the jaws. Okay, next. This is my favorite meme of all time. Some of you are like, I don't get it. And I just want to say, I can't help you. <laughs> I just, uh, everything about this, the aesthetic, <laughs> I just love that. I mean, this is probably right before the Cure show or after. I don't know what's going on here. You know, I love how grainy it is. I just love everything about this. Get in, loser. We're going crying. Some of you are like, is this a sermon? I don't know. I, I literally don't know. All right, I just want to talk to you for a second about the season that we're in here in the church calendar. So we kicked off this moment on Wednesday at Ash Wednesday. We kicked off this moment from now until Easter. We're in a, we're in a season in the church calendar called Lent. And part of what this season about, is about is, is really about letting go. It's, it's really about letting go. Uh, it's, it's a season that's marked out by prayer, fasting, and giving. And if you're familiar with your Bible, you probably recall a few things here. You might recall the 40 days that Jesus fasted. We just read that in the desert before he began his public ministry. Uh, you might also recall the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount where he specifically teaches us about prayer and fasting and giving. Uh, there's a reason we're receiving the least of these offering this morning. Uh, also, I just want to say this about some of the themes of this next few weeks. Here's some of the themes that, um, that are involved in the season that lead up to Easter. Uh, number one, sin and reconciliation. Uh, these next few weeks... Uh, this is a time in the calendar where we can re reacquaint ourselves with our deep need of God. You know, one of the things that can happen to you and to me, uh, you, can, you can begin to think you're okay. I can begin to convince myself I'm okay. 
And if you can't convince yourself you're okay, uh, here's the next thing you'll do, because uh, I do it. I convince myself that I'm at least not as bad off as that other person. You know, it's like going to the state fair. You know, <laughs> you just start feeling great about yourself, right? And then you realize, wait a minute, I think, I think that's even worse, right? Uh, what is this journey about? It's about reacquainting yourself with the fact that I, I have a deep need for God. I have, I have issues that I can't wrestle out on my own, and I need God. Uh, it's also a season to reacquaint ourselves with our own human frailty. Uh, we're all going to die. <laughs> and unless God carries us, we don't have any hope. Here's the hope that we have, that God wants to carry you. He can carry you and he will carry you. But apart from that, no one has any hope. Everybody's going to die. And this is a season in the church calendar where we can reacquaint ourselves with our own mortality that even the strongest person you know ain't going to make it. And then here's the third thing, and maybe what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. It's this, that oftentimes less is more. Oftentimes letting go or living with less is, a, is actually a pathway to abundance. Um, here's what I've noticed about our own culture. The American culture that we live in is a culture of feasting, but it's not a culture of fasting. In fact, we are a culture of feasting without fasting. Uh, our world is one where more is always what's best and it's always what's preferred. But how many of you know that sometimes when you stack more on top of more, it ends up being not the best? Uh, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever done this? How many of you have ever done like two birthday parties and then, and then immediately it's Thanksgiving and then you do staff Christmas parties for a month and then you do Christmas and then you do New Year's and then you get to New Year's Day and you just want to eat some normal food and for everybody to get the heck out of your house and you want to go to work. Anybody ever had that feeling? Can I tell you what that is? That's the, that's the feeling, that's the emotional resonance that sits around a culture of feasting that doesn't have any fasting or any breaks anywhere. And what you realize is, and this happens to me every single year, we get to January 1 and I am like desperate for less. I'm like, can we just not do anything? I, I don't want any more cake. I do not want cake. I want no more wine. I, I, I want no more celebrations. Please let me go to bed at 9.30. Please, somebody, please. So sometimes less is a pathway to more. I just want to say one more thing about this before we wrestle the text a minute. This is all very important because we're finite beings. Uh, nobody in the room is infinite in any sort of way. And so part of what it means to be a person, as God has designed people, is to feel the limits of our existence. Like sometimes what will happen in your life is you eventually run up to the boundaries of your own performance, your own ability. And that's a good thing. The truth is, uh, everybody in the room this morning, you can only do so much, uh, you can only know so much, and you can only hold so much. That's true of all of us. And sometimes the optimal choice is not more, it's less, and sometimes the way to real substance is found through pulling back 
If every square inch of my life is stuffed with activity and stimulation and noise and responsibility and food and pleasure, then there isn't any room for anything new or surprising. Read for that. There's no room left for God. I'll tell you one little story really quick. Um, Back in the day, we had these three raised garden beds beside my house. They were four feet wide by 12 feet long. And one of them, we just grew tomatoes in. And another one, we grew strawberries in. And then the third one, we grew all kinds of different peppers. So like some sweet peppers and some hot peppers. And then we did this for several years. And then one day, Magnolia comes to me and she's like, Dad, I want to grow watermelons. And I was like, well, that's great. But we grow (laughs) strawberries and we grow tomatoes and we grow peppers. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But like, I want to grow watermelons this year. And I was like, babe, I don't think you understand what we do here. Like, we just... And then she hits me again, and she was a little kid, and I was like, all right, rip it out the peppers, you know? Why? Because if you want to... <laughs> send them to the ranch. If you want to grow watermelons, something has to come out. And it's the same thing for your life and my life. Like, if you want to... If you want to experience and enjoy the experience of knowing the pleasures of having God in and around your life, oftentimes the pathway to that is not more of everything, but it's like letting go, uh, making room. Like, and maybe that's one of the things that God is saying to this room this morning is like, what could we, what could we let go of? Well, here's what I want to do this morning. I, I want to... I just want to hold out maybe two cultural memes that need subverted this morning. And they're in the text. Actually, there's a bunch in the text. We're just going to do two because that's enough. Um, The first one, the first one, and it sits inside of everything we've sort of been talking about up to this point. Look at verse 12. The Spirit compels Jesus to go into the wilderness. The cultural meme here is not only is more the preference, but the cultural meme here is something like this. If things are going well, then there'll be lots around us, lots of activity, lots of honor, lots of money, lots of pleasure, and lots of leisure. And especially in the church, when we think about the work of the Spirit, we often connect the work of the Spirit with new life. And when we talk about new life, we think about Uh, We think about abundance and we think about excitement and we think about joy and that's all true. But sometimes there is a leading of the spirit that pushes us toward the wilderness and to the empty places rather than what we think of as abundance. Notice, Notice that Jesus didn't just be like, I guess I'll go into the desert today. No, he was actually compelled, pushed by the spirit. When I think about being compelled toward the wilderness, I think about being compelled toward introspection. And even in the text, I think about being compelled toward facing the actual issues of our lives. By the way, that's what happens when you go to the desert. You know? When, how many of you notice this? That sometimes when you let go, the first thing that happens isn't fun. <laughs> but instead what happens is, all the things that the noise and the activity and the honor and the pleasure and the leisure were covering up, all of a sudden, what do they do? They come to the surface, right? Yeah. And that doesn't feel like the work of the Spirit, but what if it is actually the work of the Spirit? 
You know, what if the work of the Spirit in your life from now until Easter isn't stacking more on top of what you already have, but what if it's an invitation to let go and to come into the wild places and to, and to, in, and to enter into an empty and an arid place where the actual substance of your life can come up, even if it's really uncomfortable? Hope you noticed that this morning. Sometimes the Spirit is the one who is inviting us into the wilderness. That's exactly what the Gospels say this morning. The Spirit compelled Jesus. Have you ever been compelled? I know this. I've been compelled to have another cupcake. If you, and if you eat them in the morning, they're, they're muffins, you know? <laughs> All you have to do is just wipe the icing off. It's like, well, that's a muffin. That's not even a cupcake anymore. Uh, I've been compelled to gossip. I've been compelled toward all kinds of things. But have I ever been compelled to come with the Spirit of God into the wilderness? And maybe, maybe this is a moment for us to listen to the Spirit in a new way. What if the Spirit is inviting us into a new direction? By the way, anytime you read the word wilderness in the Bible, you should always think Exodus. Always. Wilderness equals Exodus. Always, always, always. And if you remember in the Exodus story, when God was extracting his people out of Egypt, when God was pulling them and setting them free, the place he brought them to was the wilderness. Do you remember the purpose for which they were brought into the wilderness? They were brought into the wilderness to worship God. By the way, so Every time God begins to invite us into the wilderness to tackle the substance of our actual lives, no matter how uncomfortable it is, and every time God invites us into letting go or maybe living with less, it is always so that we could fill our lives with the, the adoration and the wonder and the experience of God's presence in worship. That's what it always is. By the way, you've got to keep your head on a swivel when you're in the wilderness. No reason to be naive here. It's not like we let go of a few things and expect it to be instantly easy or wonderful. Jesus was tempted by the devil straight away. You know? Read for that. Like it gets real. It gets real. Hmm. Number two, and we'll land. Uh, this passage shows us also the surprising and needed work of the Spirit in our lives, but, but it, shows us, it shows us a love that carries. Uh, like one of the questions you might ask yourself this morning is, how did Jesus resist not only his own appetites in the wilderness, but how did he resist the devil, and what strength was he drawing on? Like what was he drawing on? And the answer is in the text this morning, and it's in verses 9 through 11, especially 11, it's after his baptism, he comes up out of the water and he hears a voice from heaven say, you're my dearly loved son, you bring me great joy. Like Jesus was carried, he was ultimately carried by love. Like how do you, how do you manage your appetites or how do you manage attacks from Satan? What strength could you draw on? What's underneath? Well, it's always the, father love, the Father's love. And the cultural meme here is something like this. Um, love, love is the thing that shields and protects and removes all impediments. 
you know? That's the definition of love I always want. I want, I want a love that shields me. I want a love that protects me and makes everything easy. And I want you to know something about love. Love often does shield, protect, and put a little bit of easiness into the system. But sometimes love doesn't do that, right? Instead, sometimes love doesn't shield. Instead, sometimes love just carries us through something. Sometimes love is not about avoidance. Sometimes love is about empowerment to actually go through a thing. Sometimes real love, divine love, God's love, sometimes it's the thing that carries us through the wilderness rather than keeping us out of the wilderness. You know, and one of the things that I've noticed about my own life is uh, I've been hoping for a love of avoidance. I've been hoping for a love that would make everything great all the time. I was hoping for a love that would take me around a thing. Instead, instead, the experience of God's divine and fatherly embrace, it's oftentimes going to take us through a thing rather than just around a thing. So what about this? What about a love that carries? What if the Lord wasn't going to move a thing out of your way, but what if he was going to carry you through? And what if his affections over you opened up a season in your life where you could be tested and sifted, but the thing underneath the thing was that he was carrying you. What about that? What if, what if we could subvert the cultural meme that just says, well, love protects and shields, and we just, we meme the meme, and we go, you know what? What about a love that carries? And some of us in the room this morning, you, you may be in a wilderness. It may be one that you were compelled into by the Spirit, uh, you may be in a wilderness that happened because life is weird, or maybe you just made a big, fat, dumb choice. And that's okay. I've done that. And here's what I want you to know. There is, there, is, there, is a, there is a substance in this world, and it is divine love, and it can carry you through. It can carry you through. So today, here's what I would love today. Uh, I would love to just have us sit with a few questions. Uh, number one, what am I being asked to let go of? You know, what if, what if the pathway to real abundance in my life in this next season was letting go? You know, what if this was a moment to be pruned? What if this was a moment to come down a level or two? Number two, um, is there a journey for me? Like, am I being compelled into a wilderness journey? You know, and then number three, uh, is there anything I'm being asked to face? If you read the other Gospels, you, you know that when Jesus was tempted by the devil, there were like at least three temptations, you know? Is there anything you're being asked to face? Is there anything that's, that's popping up that yet you just haven't faced? Maybe you've been pushing it aside. And maybe it's the work of the Spirit to bring it to the surface and for us not to avoid it. But maybe we could be empowered by divine love to face it because it'll carry us through. And then finally... Uh, is there a moment uh, I've turned into a larger story? Have I memed something that needs to be re-memed? You know? Uh, one of the things I, I know that I've done at times is I've taken a snapshot moment and then I've made it into this bigger story and it's actually maybe not a bigger story. It was just a moment. You know? And maybe, maybe the meme needs to be re-memed uh, this morning. 
So here's what I would love. I would love it if you were in the room this morning. Why don't you stand? If you're on the band, come on up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.